0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Daquan Wilson. And I'm Kwabi Andre Williams, and this is The Melanin
1: Margin, the show where we are bringing the marginalized to the spotlight and uplifting Black voices that will no longer be silent, baby. So today, we are talking about Black hair and our experiences with it and the professionalism of it. So let's go ahead and get into this. So,
0: Daquan, what is your experiences with Black hair? Ooh, hair has been a journey for me um there has been like a long journey with me like and how I see myself with my hair and like what I want to do with my hair and things like that um I think like the biggest thing that for me was like being so young and like being told that like oh your hair is too crazy like you got to control your hair you got to do this you got to do that um so like for the first I don't know how many years of my life like The only haircut that was acceptable for me and like for my parents and like my family and like how people viewed me was like when I had short hair, just like the buzz cut, um, all of that stuff. Like me growing out my hair that was unprofessional, that was like not cute, like you look like a wild child, Mm -hmm. everything like that. And so I think it really definitely impacted me while I was younger in terms of how I see myself and how I see how I present Blackness in a way.
1: Yeah, for me, hair has been a journey for me as well. It's been a, it's been a hard one. And from the beginning, um, I've always been trying to change my hair because I didn't like the way it, you know, worked out. I, I had a mohawk. I've had a low cut, low fade. Um, I try waves for a very brief second in time. And I had um, also, I had this really I had this really bad experience with hair um, for me personally. I used I, I, I did this thing where I had did a texturizer. Now I'm not sitting here saying that people who do texturizers are not liking their hair or whatever the case may be, but what I'm saying is that for me personally, when I use a texturizer, when I use it, it was because I was trying to fit in with the crowd. So um, I always wanted that kind of type two, kind of coily kind of hair, the curly, like really, really curly, but like, you know, full or whatever kind of hair. So I got a texturizer and I basically straightened my hair because I got extra trim because a bitch thought she knew what she was doing. <laughs> but my dumb ass, I was like, mama, this is the right one. She's like, oh, okay, my mom's a commentologist, right? But the fact is, I didn't tell her which texturizer I got. So when she put it in my hair, it made that shit bone straight. Like, and I had got it cut into like an Afro, whatever, I mean, got, got it cut into, a, um, into another Mohawk again. And it was just a straight hair that I was just like, oh, yes, I got the I got the long swoop curl. Like, I, I can do the little thing. I can do this or whatever. And for like a brief second in time, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was like for about a, about a couple months. And then I realized when I was sitting under uh, getting my, getting, putting the process back in my hair again to get it straight again, I was wondering to myself, I was like, why am I doing this? I was like, what, is, it, is this really worth all of this that I'm doing? Like, what, what's the problem? And I realized that it was comments that I had gotten from people with, that within our community about my hair because my natural hair texture is very tightly coiled, mm-hmm. so it's, it's Afro-textured hair. So when I, when I was growing my hair out like I was before, I would get a lot of comments about going, oh, your hair grows weird or it's this and that and the fourth and all kind of just really negative comments. And I just internalized all of that hate, that self hate. And I was like, I'm just going to make it straight. And that's going to be great. And then when I decided to cut it all off again for a second time, just cut it all off again, I was like, I've always wanted long hair, but I've always assumed that long hair meant like long straight hair. And that was a big problem. And I realized that like, you know, because for a long time, I've always thought that dreads were beautiful and I've always wanted dreads, but I was afraid because of what I think other people would perceive me as if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: When I first got them done, I took them out because I was like, no, I can't because that's not, that's not this, it's not that. And you know, I got my mom to put them back in because my sister has them now. My mom and my sister have them. And I was the last one to get them here. And honestly and truly like, I didn't realize how much I was, how much I was hating on that particular hair style internally, until I really sat down and was like, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I really doing right here? Like, I'm avoiding the thing that I know is going to be best for my hair type, best for my hair texture, and best for the health of my hair, because my my normal afro-textured hair, I have to put a lot of conditioner in it to get it to fucking do something. So, versus having dress, we can just kind of put them in, leave them alone, wash your hair every two weeks, and pop off. But, like, I just did not want that because I consistently believe that it was unprofessional it was ugly it was not cute it was this and the fourth and it was all because of stuff I've seen on television and in my life for you I know you got dreads too and I I don't remember you having them when we were in high school together so what made you decide to get dreads
0: um it was just one of those things that it kind of naturally happened um so like my dreads are free form so I didn't really locked them up um on purpose or like went to somebody to go get a styled you know it just happened um but i definitely think that like me growing out my hair was a part of me kind of almost rebelling against the idea that black hair is professional i mean unprofessional um and just like me kind of starting this journey of loving my hair and what it does yeah. um so like i'd say like the biggest point was like when i went off to college because I'm away from like anybody else. There's nobody to be like, Hey, you need to get a haircut. Um, Like I'm living on my own, like in my own space. So I have control of my hair, which didn't really have that much when I was younger. Um, So that's when my journey started. And of course, like, it's a lot longer now than it was like when it first started, but I think I've definitely been able to like love how my hair looks and like love being able to like do things with it. And like, figure out what I like and what I want to see.
1: Was it difficult for you to start them, especially with the journey, like in your career path? Like, was it difficult for you to be like, like, did you ever have that moment that like for me where I was like, oh, is this the best move? Or oh, like, mm. should I do this? Like, you know what I mean? Because for me, when I started my um job, I work, I, I went to a, a job interview and um, I was like, mom, I can't start my locks just yet because I don't know if I have the job. You know what i'm saying it was the first thing i thought of and i was like wow like you know as black people that's the first thing we have to think about and stuff like that like we can't just have our hair like we want to have it because we think oh wait a minute what this person will think so that's what i'm asking you like do you think have you ever encountered um, a moment where you were like what are they going to think or should i do something different or something like that in your particular in your experience
0: yeah definitely i think that um there's been times when i've like kind of manipulate how my hair looks because of the idea of like interviewing for jobs and stuff like that so like maybe i'll have it up so like you don't see all of my dreads <laughs> um, but i think that for me at least i wear my dreads wherever like i i didn't necessarily have that same hesitation just because i'm coming at it at the perspective of like if they don't hire me because of how my hair looks um, even if I did change my hair to like fi- fit their standard like yeah. what's going to be that next microaggression like what's going to be yeah. next in line because if hair is a no-go for you you know who knows what else could be
1: and that's what I want because like for me like I said that just was something that was just ingrained in me about like I said hair types and hair textures and stuff like that and I was just I wanted to know what you think that comes from like that instinct of like ooh, should I do this or ooh, should I do because for you because of your particular growth and experiences you thought like you said you went at a different angle but for me because of my particular experiences in my life and what I've seen it was like it was a hesitation there and even you said that for you it was a, a sort of hesitation not much of one but it was still there where do you think that stems from?
0: I think it really stems from like this internalized hate in our community for hair um, like, I remember going to a business camp when I was in high school, and we were talking with this professional about, you know, appearance, attire, all, the, all of that stuff, and I remember her, she was a Black woman, I remember her talking about Black hair in a way of calling it unprofessional, and she's being like, yeah, if you're a guy, like, cut your hair, get like, you know, maybe a fade, if, like, if you want it to be fancy, a fade, or, you know, a very low haircut. Um, So it was just one of those experiences when then I noticed this is something that's like we've all kind of internalized because we've all had that sort of notion that Black hair is unprofessional. So if we want to be able to like, you know, move up in the world and progress or whatever, make it out of wherever we're coming from, we have to fit these sort of norms. But, you know, I came to like my mindset and thinking like, well, if we do this to, kind of fit these norms, we're then perpetuating these norms and are yeah. saying that it's all right. right. Um, and I think that we've made some progress as a society, not, <laughs> not, not a whole lot, like yeah, but, that much, but like, I think now you see more like black hair and like magazines on TV shows. Like I remember watching How to Get Away with Murder and there's oh. like this like it was like the first episode you see Viola Davis taking off that wig, yes. and that is something you would have never saw on TV.
1: That never. scene to this day makes me it makes me emotional seeing stuff like that because you know growing up as a kid you know you don't realize how deeply um, white supremacy and and white history and white television affects the way you view yourself and like, you know, when you, when I saw Viola Davis take off that wig, a black, a dark skinned black woman showing her hair, my hair, my hair, stuff, hair that looks like mine on television, taking it off and like being like, this is me. This is who I am. The final season, she did the same thing. She went for her final grand jury thing. She took out, she had her natural hair out and it was just like seeing that all I could think to myself was if she can do it, you know what I mean? Like, if she mm-hmm. can do it, if she can, if she can, as a, as, a, as a darker skinned black woman, if she can go on that on, on, a, on a television so a, a professional environment, having her natural hair out, showing who she really is as a black woman, and not being ashamed of it having to wear weaves. Now do not going to wrong, not saying that there's any problem with wearing weaves or anything like that, because whatever the fuck you want to do with your head, it's your head but the fact of seeing her being so proud and standing in that, because originally in the plot, that was not in there. She said that. She said, I want to take off my wig because baby, like what, black people don't go to, like black girls or people in general don't go to bed with wigs on. Like that's not how that works. Right. She had requested that. And I don't think she, I think she knew the impact she had because like I said, it makes me emotional because I'm like, I see somebody on the screen with hair like mine and it makes me feel represented.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know in a a way that gave me that strength to be able to say you know what I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do with my hair because it's mine but once again had I not seen that had I not seen those experiences of those people in those professional environments in those going to Emmys wearing their natural hair out maybe I would not have had that same confidence to go out on my own and to be like you know what fuck what everybody says I'm going to get my dreads you know what I'm saying stuff like that you know yeah and that's my whole thing like honestly I think that People, people don't understand how how uh, like how effective representation is in uh, in effect to the black community. But what I have noticed is that the black community is very, almost in a way, toxic in when it comes to that term, good hair. Have you heard mm. that? Have you have you noticed that as well?
0: Yeah, I I was just <laughs> on Instagram the other day and. I remember seeing like it was like a twitter thread of like a woman talking about oh i'm so glad my baby has good hair and i'm like first of all like (laughs) hair texture changes so much like your baby is so young that like she may not have that what you call good hair and like why are we promoting that like why are we saying oh this is the only type of acceptable hair this is the only good hair and like you know like putting down other people putting down other types of hair in our community like why are we doing that Like, what? and, it- the,
1: and the scariest part about it is that it also promotes the idea of colorism too which we'll get mm-hmm. into another episode but the point is we'll see that a lot of it'll be mostly because that easier to comb or easier to manageable hair that's the good thing. especially if you look back in the the early 90s early uh, late uh, like mid 2000s where like relaxers we like, baby, like every two weeks you every month you would see somebody uh uh uh, uh you had you got to see you see a little sister or someone else getting their relaxer done like because it was just not a, it was just not the norm to have your natural hair out like that like we've like you said before just recently got into celebrating hair like dreads because most time dreads are associated with people who smoke weed or people who you know are dirty or whatever the case may be or afros would be like you know um seen as dirty and stuff like that in the case may be and like we would have those associations there so even like just it, it happened just recently that hair is starting to be respected in a way and very like you said very small, like very minutely respected. Because, like I said before, when we had looked, I looked it up, and apparently New York City had to have a law passed for black people to wear their hair as it naturally grows out of their head. Now that shook my entire spirit. Because I'm like, are you serious? We have to have a law that says that's not okay to sit there and say, hey, the way your hair grows is okay. (laughs) like,
0: Because we see it so many times having like people getting kicked out of school because their hair is called unprofessional. People getting fired because it's either you change your hair or you can't work here. Um, So it it happens so often that we have to have some anti-discrimination law against Black hair.
1: And that's sad. That to me is sad because it's kind of like it should be a given. And this goes back to what we said in the last episode about um, racism within the white community too. Uh, the fact that we have to like when, cause what I've noticed too, is that a lot of the times when white people have dreads, when white people have cornrows, when white people have box braids and all these other stuff like that, and all these styles that are traditionally African styles, it's just hair. But when black people have those exact same hairstyles, Oh baby. Um, that's not it or that's not professional or this is not going to work or blah 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 and it's like it's all this oh she's um she's she's being ghetto and it's this and I'm like it's just mighty funny how the exact same hair or the exact same hairstyle can be seen vastly different when it's white people wearing it
0: right like we don't talk about the history of You know, people using braids as a way to map out plantations and routes to get out. We don't talk about the history of people putting rice into their braids so that they have food when they're, you know, going places. Like, we don't talk about that history. But, of course, it's like, oh, it's not, like, that important. It's just hair. And I'm like, hair has history. Like, all of these styles have history. And by just, like, kind of downplaying it as being just hair or being unprofessional or being not gr- good to look at like we are then trying to erase all of that history
1: and that's the biggest problem that i have seen in our like i said in our community is that like when we see w- w- when people are always constantly talking about um like how beautiful because i mean if you look on youtube even like and you see like these a lot of these um uh beauty bloggers and stuff and forth especially like most of the time you will see people with this type two type uh type like type three kind of curly hair texture and it's always let me show you how to make your show your hair is moisturized let me show you how to make this and forth what the case may be or let me try to make your hair look like this and they and they sell this brand there was this quote that i saw on um have you ever seen self-made yeah Uh, um, aside from the, the, the vast, vast leniency they took with that story, one of the, one of the most, um, like the quotes that really stuck out to me was uh, made by the um, other counter person. I forgot what her name was, but she said, girls will pay money to have hair to look like mine, even though they will never have that kind of hair. And I was like, "Shit!" Sure. Like, you know, at first, like, "Oh God!" Like, well, <laughs> that was some savage ass shit. But when she said it, it clicked in my head. When I would see a lot of these YouTube bloggers who are, li- or like these, um, conditioners or hair products that are all like, "If you do this, you can look like this," or "If you do that, you look like." It's not about keeping your hair healthy. It's not about keeping your hair moisturized. It's about always having to. Uh, uh, braided this certain way to make sure that if the curls sit this way or this in the fourth, and it's kind of like, again, if that's what you want to do, do it for you. But the fact that these people are consistently promoting this type two, type three hair and saying, and then always trying to go against type four hair. It just, you know what I'm saying? It, it baffles me because I'm like, this is what we show in our own community. This is the hair that we're promoting. We don't, see many, we don't see many of us celebrating Afro-textured hair. And even when Viola Davis did do that thing on how to get away with murder, I'm pretty sure there were plenty of people, plenty of Black people like, oh, girl, what is she doing? Ooh, oh, girl, she need a wig. Oh, she need that in back. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just crazy to me that that is the reality that we live in today. That this is the real, even after all these years of fighting for equality and fighting for Treat, being treated fairly, we're still perpetuating this um, toxicity in our community.
0: Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, it for, took us so long.
1: I want, I, want to, I want to add one more thing. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to <laughs> you ask you, do you think that it is our fault that we're perpetuating it?
0: No, like, that's what actually I was going to talk about. Like, I don't think that it's our fault, per, per se, that we're perpetuating it. Because for so long, we were told that our hair is bad, we need to do this, we need to do that. And that has been something that's been ingrained in us, you know, since we were young children. Um, So I think that like, sure, there have been some people that were able to like move past that and move on. But at the end of the day, we can't just like go and villainize everyone because of they were taught that, they were told that their hair was ugly or not professional. So sometimes we have to like really think about each other's personal journeys and how we go through things not saying that we should just like let them go off scotch free like you know of course like educate you know try to promote change and try to promote being able to like love yourself and love the hair that you were given and born with
1: I'm not I want to clarify I'm not trying to say that I'm I'm not trying to villainize uh, our community in that situation I'm not trying to say that but I guess my my thing is why is it that we seem to um, because even even in this new generation, even in this next this new generation where those those same ideals are still being pushed onto our youth if that makes any sense? And I think that for me personally, what I've noticed in um, my my college career and My high school career, because I mean, when I was younger, I was I had that same ideal set or whatever case may be, but I broke out of it when I noticed how much of an effect it had on me and on other people. Because uh, once again, if you're raised in that kind of environment, you're raised in that kind of uh, ideology, you're bound to perpetuate those same ideals or whatever. But my thing is, at what point is it? um, At what point are we as a community going to sit down and say, okay, this is not okay anymore? And we're not going to consistently do this because I've had to notice that when I've gone up, like I said, when I'm in college or whatever, I have heard people say those same toxic things and I'm like, Hey guys, you know, that's uh, no, that's not good hair. Good hair is clean, healthy hair. You know what I'm saying? And having to consistently say that over and over again, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to sit there and act like I'm preaching to anyone. So I'm saying, how do you, how do you think that we can move about communicating and trying to create this? Trying to create better, term, trying to create a um a better environment for people growing up. You know what I'm saying? How how do you think that we can um do that without being like like we're above that? Because like I said before, I know that I I practiced those same ideals when I was younger, but I had to grow out of it. You know, and that was because of just self research and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it
0: honestly starts with like that dialogue, like having healthy dialogue about these things. Because like even going back to like the Twitter thread we were talking about earlier, like I also noticed in the comments, people were calling it out, and people were yes. discussing yes. like why this is problematic and why we need to move past this. Um, so I think that like it's not that we we are that separated from a time when like we were like calling our all of our hair bad because like yeah. my dad, for example, was integrating schools. And so it's not that we're that far from generations that had to constantly be told that you need to yeah. assimilate yourself to be in yeah. our society. Um, but it we do need to have these conversations and continuously okay. mm-hmm. have these conversations and be willing to call people out and be like, hey, no, that's not okay. We need to stop this narrative right here and here.
1: I guess, I guess for me, it's just like that idea of like, you know, um, when we, when we sit there and we, t- when we have these conversations we open these dialogues and such, you know, I've noticed that there's a lot of pushback about it, especially from, and like I said, within our community. And I mean, being someone who is, like I said before, has experienced it firsthand, the, um, the effect it had on me, like I said, with that particular experience, when I had my Afro and I was growing it out, the people who were giving me the most flack about it were people within my own community, like other Black people. You know, most of my white friends or my the people I was, uh, you know, cool with or the kids may be, never said anything about it. And would always, be like, oh, it's, oh, that's so cool or the kids may be, but like within my own community, I felt almost torn down. And I, guess what, I guess that's where that kind of anger and passion comes from for me when I was talking about it, because I want to be very clear. I'm not blaming the black community for the problem. But what I am saying is that this problem is still... My, my thing is, it's kind of like when we say, when we tell white people, if you want to know about racism, look it up, research why it's bad, or research why it's, th- you see know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The same thing I feel applies to us as well, like, we have to educate ourselves on certain things that are problematic within our own community. It's the only way we're going to make progress within it to stop doing it. Like, like, like I said, like we talked about before with that whole um, Twitter thread, seeing people actually going, no, oh, hold a fucking minute, hold on, up. hold on just a motherfucking minute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, saying, like, that's not okay. But my thing is who in, like, my mm-hmm. thing is when she made that poster, when people talk about stuff like that, you know, with the whole, going back to the whole people, like, people who look like us telling us about the problems that we have going on, and, you know, people who um, who are, like, black people, like, white people telling white people, and black people telling black people, like, do you think that it is a um a white person's place to tell to check other black people about that kind of stuff too.
0: I don't okay. think so. Like, like I don't you
1: know, see me, like, why. Get offended like white people get offended about um about black issues, and it's kind of like is that even a, like do you think that would apply? Could a white person check a black person about saying something about somebody's hair? I feel like
0: you know at a certain point there can be that. Kind of claim that like the white person can like encourage somebody to like be like oh no your hair is not bad like I think your hair is beautiful stuff like that um but I think that like a part of this problem is so how is how internalized it is in us yeah. and it's not going to be like an external factor that's going to change that like the change has to come with with within.
1: So you're saying that there isn't a way from us to, per, like, we, like, even if we do check someone about it, they would still have to look within themselves to figure that
0: out, right? Right. Like, they have to be able to, like, really go I mean, in I mean, and understand I mean, their, well, you know, how did they get to this point? Like, why are they thinking about hair in this way? What are those conditions that socialize them in this way? And really be able to reflect upon that and want that change for themselves.
1: Okay, they, and that's the reason why I brought the white people, like white people check in and white people asking that, that because I wanted to move back to the whole professional environment situation. We know that a lot of uh, white people are in, a lot of white people are in the char, in charge of a lot of um, environments as far as like work environments. It's, unfortunately, that's the way it works because they are the majority and shit like that. That's a whole nother situation. That's a whole nother white, that's that whole thing we talked about last episode. But my thing is, do you think that there is a certain belief even if even if it's not necessarily um uh intentional but do you think that there is a level of disrespect in the white community as 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 when it comes to black people hair a black people a black person's hair when it comes to like them asking them can i touch your hair can i hold you i can i see it like almost like i said before like almost like we're like animals in a zoo to be petted
0: yeah i think that there's a mix of both there's some fascination with it, but there's also some, like, fetishization.
1: Fetishization, of yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that, like, you know, like, some of the comments come from a good place of being, like, oh, well, like, your hair is so different. Like, I've never seen it before. Um, but, you know, we also recognize what microaggressions are. And we've yeah. been talking about microaggressions, and it kind of goes back to what we were taught saying or like last episode of like you can google these things and figure out why there is such a problem with it um but I think like the biggest problem is there is no there are times when there is no boundaries you get what I'm saying like they can just like go and grab it and like think that's okay and it's like no first of all ask first like I probably might not say I probably won't say yes but like still (laughs) ask
1: the answer's probably going to be no, but.
0: Exactly. But like, there's no kind of like that for me is disrespect because you didn't even take the time to ask me.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, like I said, the whole thing of like white people being a lot of in charge of a lot of these uh, certain environments. Do you think that um, when, do you think that, because like I said, when I talked to you about me going to my interview or whatever, and like I said, I wanted to wait to get my dreads then, Like I said, the reason why I brought the whole white people thing, the white thing up is do you think that that is something that they think about when they hire people? Like, because you said for yourself, you were like, you know what, I'm gonna do what the fuck I'm gonna do. Fuck these bitches. Like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be me, which is like, go off, bitch, pop off. <laughs> but, um, do you think that that's something that goes through a white person's, um, brain regardless? Like, even instinctual wise. Like we said last episode about those microaggressions and those um, internalized uh, things that they have going on too. Do you think that when they are hiring people of color, do, they, do you think that hair becomes a, a, a factor into why they
0: hire them and why they don't hire them? Oh, 100%. I think there are times when that is a factor um, because we are all socialized to it, not just Black people. White people are also socialized to see bl- um, Black hair in a certain way. Like You can do a Google search and be like professional hairstyles, and I can promise you that most of them are going to be white hairstyles you won't see too many black hairstyles. But if you search unprofessional hairstyles, you will see that, like there is algorithmic proof of that. Um, So 100%, like people are, white people are socialized just like black people. So that can definitely be a consideration that they put. Is all white people doing it? Maybe not, maybe maybe there are those people that like actually went through the the same journey that black people has in terms of recognizing like, What are how have I been socialized and how can I consciously inter- counteract that? If you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I do. Do you think? Do you think that the do you think there are black people who are high, who higher who hire based off of that too? Because you remember that Raven Simone situation. Yes. Back, then, back in the day when she was like, oh, um, like what did she say? I, what was that? What is that? Because she into office. She's talking about hair, but she was like, oh. I mean, if your name is watermelon, Dre, I'm not gonna hire you, kind of situation, the case may be right. So you think that there's a certain level of internalized hate that comes that also is translated to here as well. as, like, as a black person hiring another black person, oh, he got dreads. I don't know if he, like, you know, oh, god, uh, oh, she got after. I don't know if she's gonna be, uh, uh. you know,
0: yeah, I think, yeah, it's 100 because, like, we see everything as like, a signification of a person, we are trained to, like, recognize certain things and then. Um, connect that with other things in our brain so like we'll see dreads and be like okay you know it'll connect to like rastafari culture or yeah. like smoking weed or something like that and we are just like inherently doing these things without even trying to so i think that like regardless of who you are or how you were or how you were raised quote unquote like we do that naturally but the oh, key man. here is like being able to recognize that, understand that and be like, hey, like, I understand that this may be my first thought, but like, I am not going to go off that because I know that this comes from like a problematic socialization.
1: I got you. So what do you think in in, in an environment, in a professional environment, what do you consider professional hair? If that's even a thing, if if that's even a thing, what would you
0: consider? Professional hair is clean hair. (laughs) It's hair that you take care of. Like, if you are washing your hair and you feel <laughs> that you are doing your due diligence of making sure that your hair looks all right, that's professional hair.
1: And that's for me too. I, I've always said that when I looked at people's hairstyles, and there have been some hairstyles, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what the fuck you got going on. But you know what, bitch? Go off. It's not, I feel like the way, I feel like professional hair is, like you said before, healthy, clean hair. And hair that is not impairing your job in any way, like that to me is the the conduct the, the consideration of professional hair. If mm-hmm. your hair is all the way fucking down your back and you work at a secretary office, that's not impairing your um your work. But if you are at a, at a factory and your hair is just out and it should be up or it should be in a thing, that is a danger a to yourself and that is a you know um a, a, a danger to the people around you because you could uh, you could get somebody hurt. You know what I'm saying or like, like if your hair gets caught in something or something like that, or people in the fast food restaurant or in, in restaurants or whatever, if your hair, as long as you can cover it or at least make it so that it doesn't interfere with your environment, that to me is what I would consider professional hair. But like you said before, when you look at, if you go to Google and you look up what professional hair is and what uh, what unprofessional hair is, a lot of that is that racial connotation of like if it's long, straight, cut, bob, this, and that, and the fourth, that is, a, that is professional hair. And that just, I don't know, that just it's always struck me as odd because like even as a kid, like I'd be like, I don't understand what's going on with this hair, but um that's not my business. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I think that when it comes to hair, if people just mind their fucking business, things will go a lot simpler. Like it, like my thing is, Daquan, if someone's hair is bright green and straighter, whatever you want to call it. And she is still able. She or him is still able to like do their job, get their get their stuff done, whatever the case may be. Why is that? A
0: problem? Why is it a problem? It doesn't grow out of your ha- like. My hair grows out of my head, therefore it's my business. I do what I want with. Like your hair grows out of your head. Like you do whatever you want with it. It's not my hair.
1: It's not my hair, and that's why I just I just cannot. And I, and I would see people like going out of their way to tell someone that this is not, like, whatever the case is, like, especially for your freeform dreads, have you ever had someone with, um, uh, uh, spindle or or coil dreads go, like, oh, why are you doing it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like,
0: it's crazy because, like, at the end of the day, like, what are you going, like, are you going to undo my hair for me? Like, are you going (laughs) to, change my hair like
1: hey Are you gonna pay these bills to get this hair done okay that's my thought right
0: do you have like a magic wand be like poof and poof change there that.
1: is. and that's what I'm saying. a lot of people i would i would notice a lot of times especially like you know people who do um it's all it like black hair I, I don't know who said this but it said like black hair is like a, almost like a political statement especially like early 70s especially like afros like it was a statement If you had an Afro, if you had dreads, like it was a statement, it was something that, and and that's what I wanted to ask you about too, because somewhere in the early 90s, 2000s, or I think maybe even 80s, black hair went from being something that was celebrated within our community to being something that was um, repressed, if that makes any sense. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think that happened? Because the 70s, or if you look at the 70s, having a big ass afro was like bitch you it like it was like girl go off or if you had like really you know coiled hair be like oh that's cute that's popping girl pop off like celebrate your inner blackness but somewhere in that 90s 2000s region when that just for me relaxer came out and stuff like that it went from being like oh this is lit to oh maybe you should fix it maybe you should tame it where do you think that came from
0: Ooh, girl, girl, you're trying to test my degree. get <laughs> the
1: like African-American studies degree. Get, get right. Some-
0: um, I don't know. Like, I can't give you an answer right now. I have you to really me? think about that. Um, but I think that there is a lot to using hair as a sort of form of resistance and yeah. kind of going off the top of my head. Like, what I'm thinking is probably like, seeing who is, like, up there, who are, like, some of the key figures, because I know, like, you know, when you have your hair in the Afro, like, there was so many key figures, like, writers, all, like, all types of activists that were doing it, and, like, empowering people to do that, so, like, my first assumption, without, like, trying to go through all of, like, my AFAM textbooks, (laughs) would probably be, like, it probably became popular because they saw, like, an actor doing it or somebody like that okay. who is in a, like, higher position or higher standard. And then they became, like, that image to try to ascribe yourself to. So oh, you're just okay. like, okay, yeah. I need to dress like them. I need to have the same hair as them. Like, if I want to get from my position to their position, I need to assimilate to their status. So
1: you think it's about the socialization thing? Yeah. And the fact is, like we, back in the '70s, we were socialized to think that if we were if we were celebrating blackness, we had to celebrate it this way, and that was the way to do it. Whereas the '90s, we see a lot of our black celebrities with that long, straight, relaxed hair, and it became the norm then. So you think mostly about the celeb, the more mostly about just how people are um, shown on television and rep- the representation thing again. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. harkens back to what we talked about earlier about representation, about Viola Davis, like that, like the fact that once again an Afro have to be another political statement because we have to once again showcase that all black hair is beautiful because like you said like that the socialization somewhere along the line we forgot that afros and dreads and cornrows and braids and, and whatever the case may be are all still beautiful valid forms of expression but in in, in along the way it just it, it, it got lost in the sauce and, I, liked, I do like to see that we have this new resurgence um, within, the, and within the natural hair community, especially, um, where people are starting to celebrate all forms of hair. That's what I have. I will say that much. You know, we have been doing a little bit, like you said, a little bit better. Peace. We're inching our way there. We're inching <laughs> our way there slowly. But I have noticed, like you said, like we were talking about earlier, like in things like when we see YouTube and in TV shows and in movies now, we're seeing that it's more it's more commonplace versus being such a taboo.
0: Yeah. And I (laughs) wouldn't even say that we kind of lost our direction or like lost our way in how we think about our hair. Like that could be part of it. But I also think that in general style is like a revolving thing. Like things will go out of style and then come right back in style. So like there's part of it that's just like the style Changed,
1: but see, and I, I I have to disagree with you on that one because I'm like white hair never goes out of style. Like long blonde straight hair never went out of style. Long a, a straight short hair never went out of style. But it's like black hair seems to have this fluctuating scale of like, like I said, '70s it's great, it's cool, it's whatever. '90s it oh well we want to go back to doing this right here and now we're back in this again. So what what I don't appreciate is the fact that like I said, there's always this consist. There's not a consistency. Mm-hmm. It's like it's if, if it was like that with white hair, i like, I would I would fully agree with you on that. But like when I see white hair, when we look back in the er, like like Marilyn Monroe, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, um uh, uh all these other icons in um in white cinema in history that like curly, that two to be or long straight blonde hair, black hair, short hair, that was the style. But and that was that was that was fine. But black hair, like I said, we keep going through this whole this is cute now, and this is cute here, but now it's not cute anymore. Or even a natural hair community, when we see that uh, black girls be saying, "Oh, natural! If you got if you got weaves and you got relaxes, that's oh, that's dead, that's stupid." It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. always that ch- it's, it, it goes from being like you should have like natural hair, you should celebrate your um, your blackness, to oh, now you should ce- you shouldn't celebrate this, and you should celebrate. That. You see what I'm saying? So I don't like that fluctuation that we have there.
0: Oh yeah, I'm. <laughs> not trying to say at all like none of it is dealing with like how we perceive it but i think that there are levels to it um in terms of like i think even with how we present more natural styles like there are certain ways to present natural styles that kind of go in and out of style i
1: see what you mean so you're saying like it's not you're saying that it's, it's, it's basically levels to it like it's not just it's not just that one thing
0: Right, because you would see somebody you would see some famous person do it and then everybody does it and then they change their hair and then everybody kind of follows the trend.
1: Okay, I feel you, I feel you. Yeah, I don't, I just, I think honestly and truly when it just comes to this whole conversation, when it comes to hair and professionalism, I think that people just need to respect people's culture and people's heritage and and like you said before, take that second to educate yourself. Because what I've noticed is that we all hold those beliefs to a certain extent. Even me, even me, even though I'm I'm very passionate in this conversation, I've said some things in here about how I feel. I still hold those beliefs in some degree, maybe not as massively as I did when I was a kid. But unfortunately, because of my socialization, because of the way I was raised, because of the community that I was raised in, when I see someone with freeform dreads like yourself, My first thought might be something that's not, that's not correct or politically, politically, whatever. And I have to check myself. Even when I look at myself, when I first got my dreads, I was like, Oh, girl, I want people going to say this about me. People gonna say that people gonna do this. And I was like, Oh, fuck, what am I doing? Like, it was that, it was that freak out moment. And then I have to sit down and be like, Okay, bitch, it ain't nobody's business. Just like your hair is none of my business you see what i'm saying and that's how i had to consistently i think we're always in the cycle of checking ourselves as we as we go throughout life you know where no one's perfect no, everybody's gonna make mistakes and even if you're not saying that even though you're not saying you have a problem with someone's hair you do have that thought in your head
0: yeah, yeah. or you have a look
1: or a because look, that's yes. the thing
0: like <laughs> I may not get a lot of comments, but I get looks. And those yeah. honestly mean more than a comment.
1: It speaks volumes. It speaks, it, it just, just the look. You, you can, it's body language. It's body language, how people respond to you. And like I said before, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm perfect. I, I've had to definitely check myself and, my, and check my um, thought process because it's just something you can't help because we're raised in that, like you said, socialized in that environment. So I think that when it, like I said, just to kind of, you know, round off this conversation or whatever, when it comes to black hair, when it comes to hair in general, respect is all people are looking for. You may not like it. You may not understand why someone does it this way or why their hair looks like this way. There was a guy at my school who shaved off half of his hair right straight down of his face. Like his beard was growing on this side and his hair was growing on this side but all this other face was bald. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what the fuck he was doing, but it's none of my business. It's none of my fault it's not it's not my business at all and i think that's what we have to kind of recognize is like as long as like like we said before as long as it's not affecting your position at work as long as you're not it's not affecting how you do your job or how you live your life what is it what what problem should we have with it you know right.
0: focus on your own garden
1: honestly so i think we definitely want to um say guys in the comments down below like please keep this conversation going we definitely want to hear what you guys have to say about this conversation. Um, do you agree with what we've talked about? Do you have your own belief about what where it comes from, where this internalized racism when it comes to black hair stimulates from our community? Share your means-
0: own hair journeys.
1: Yes, tell us how it's affected you. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you thought, damn, is my hair this or that because of what you've heard someone say about it? So I don't know, Daquan, are we finished today?
0: I think we're finished. <laughs>
1: all right guys well we will see you guys next time thank you so much for watching this video we really appreciate it please don't forget to like comment and subscribe we really appreciate that um also don't forget to follow daquan at
0: uh oh what it'll be in the it'll be down
1: i'll put it in the description box down below (laughs) follow me at quavy andre williams or at um andre talks a lot um on youtube or on my instagram so We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye.